بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وأن أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رأى نخامة في القبلة فشق ذلك عليه حتى روي في وجهه فقام فحكه بيده فقال إن أحدكم إذا قام في صلاته فإنه يناجي ربه وإن ربه بينه وبين القبلة فلا يبزقن أحدكم قبل القبلة ولكن عن يساره أو تحت قدمه ثم أخذ طرف ردائه فبسق فيه ثم رد بعضه على بعض فقال أو يفعل هكذا متفق عليه والأمر بالبصاق عن يساره أو تحت قدمه وفيما إذا كان في غير المسجد فأما في المسجد فلا يبصق إلا في ثوبه Continuing with the hadith, the discussion we began yesterday, Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala narrates that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw some phlegm in the direction of the qibla that is in the masjid, this displeased him to such an extent that he became visibly upset. The displeasure with this could be seen evident on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anas radiallahu anhu says, Nabi Pak stood up and with his own hands he cleaned the phlegm off. He wiped it off and then he addressed the sahaba and he said, that verily one of you, when you stand in salah, you are in direct communion in conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are whispering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And verily, between you and the Qibla is your Rabb. Up to this point, we discussed yesterday the importance of us having the sanctity of the masjid in the heart. This is the place of our ibadat. This is the place we are, in fact, talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This hadith gives us an analogy as to how we should be making our ibadat. In, in hadith Jibreel, very famous hadith, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained what is called the quality of ihsan, that is, in other words, perfection in our ibadat, where he said, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهُ فَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْ يَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكَ he said, worship Allah Ta'ala as if you are seeing Allah. Worship Allah as if you are seeing Allah. Verily, if you are not able to see Allah, if you are not visualizing Allah in your ibadat, then know for a fact that Allah is looking at you. So we find the same analogy. إِذَا قَامَ فِي صَلَاتِهِ When you stand in salah, you are in conversation with Allah, you are in munajat with Allah, and Allah is between you and the Qibla. In other words, worship Allah as if you are seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Nabi Pak goes on and he says, فَلَا يَبْزُقَنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ قِبَلَ الْقِبْلَ You are in salah, Allah is between you and the Qibla, you are talking to Allah, and suddenly you need to spit. Does it make sense that now you start spitting in the same direction? So this is why Nabi Salaam said, do not spit towards the direction of the Qibla. If, obviously, this is a 
need or necessity. Sometimes a person can't help it, he needs to spit. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, spit on your left hand side. If you have to spit, spit on the left hand side or spit underneath your feet. Do not spit in the direction of Qibla. And then Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took hold of a corner of his cloak. And he spat into the cloak. And thereafter, after spitting into the cloak, he folded it up and rubbed it once and rubbed the cloth against each other so that no sign of the spit remained. And then he said, Oh, yafalu hakada. Or if you have to, then do like this. Imam Nawi rahimahullah, in the footnotes of this hadith, he mentions one important point. He says, This order of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that you should spit to the left if you have to or underneath your feet, this is when you are not in the masjid. In the masjid itself, under no circumstances are you supposed to spit on the ground or on the left hand side or anywhere. This doesn't keep, is not does not behove the conduct, does not behove the sanctity of the masjid. This is when you are outside the masjid. Outside the masjid, if you have to spit, don't spit in the direction of Qibla. Spit to your left or spit underneath your feet. If you are in the masjid and you find yourself in a situation where you are compelled now to spit, you don't know which way to turn, in that instance, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that discreetly, corner of your cloak or chadar or whatever you are wearing, part of your clothing, you will conceal that, that spit. As we mentioned yesterday, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a practical example for us in every aspect of life. Even mundane, simple things like this, Nabi Apaq sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us. With regards to Imam Nawi rahimahullah's footnote about not spitting in the masjid, we find another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wherein Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Busaqu fil masjid khati'a. He said, to spit in the masjid is a crime, it is a sin. In other words, it goes against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This we mentioned yesterday also, even coming to the masjid with a foul odor, with a foul smell coming from your mouth, somebody ate raw onions, garlic, etc. Allah's Rasul Wasallam prohibited us from coming to the masjid unless we have cleansed our mouth. Because he said this causes taklif and difficulty to the malaika of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in other words, in our dressing, we make sure that we our clothes are in keeping with the sanctity of the masjid. There shouldn't be any foul bodily smells coming from us. At all times we should observe the sanctity of the masjid and ensure that we are not causing taklif or difficulty to anybody else. So as we mentioned, the sanctity of the masjid is necessary at all times. From this hadith also we see this overriding message as was found in the previous ahadith that when Rasulullah found something that he disliked and the opportunity was there to physically remove it himself, he would do so by his hand. So from this ulama ikram mentioned that prevent evil with the hand first if it is ne- if possible. If not possible then you will speak out against it. 
And one other important lesson we learned before we conclude this particular hadith is the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would practically deliver a message. This was something simple to do with spitting in the masjid. Even here, Nabi Islam himself with his own chadar or cloak, he displayed to sahaba the etiquette or the manner in which if one is compelled, you will spit in the masjid. He practically showed this. So from this we learn the shafaqah, the compassion, the kindness of Nabi Pak and the fact that he did not think that anything was beneath his dignity. Not much time left, but we'll start the next chapter. Just the heading which Imam Nawi Rahimullah has brought, quite a lengthy heading. We find that this particular chapter which is coming and the one after it deals with something which unfortunately many of us don't realize what a grave aspect of Sharia this is. That is taking positions of leadership. You go in Jamaat, sometimes who's appointed as the Amir? Trustees in a masjid, trustees in Islamic institutions, people that are given positions of authority, people that are given positions of leadership over others. If we look into Quran and Hadith, one important lesson we will learn that you should never ever desire to be in a position of leadership. Because this is a great amanat and a trust. How did you discharge that position of leadership? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to question us on the Day of Judgment. So we find Imam Nawi rahimahullah in this chapter and in the one after it, we find he deals extensively with this particular aspect. The heading that he has given this particular chapter Babu Amri Wulatil Aumur Bir Rifki Biri Ayahum Wanasihatihim Washafakati Alehim Wanahi An Rashihim Watashdiri Alehim Wa Ihmani Masalihim Walrafla Anhum an Hawaijihim. As I said a lengthy heading, he said this is the chapter which deals with the command addressed to the people of authority that they should be kind to their subjects. They should give them good advice. This chapter deals with them being compassionate towards their subjects, prohibiting them from deceiving their subjects in any way, from neglecting the best interest of their, of their subjects, and from them being negligent of the needs of their subjects. So we find that this is quite a lengthy heading. The first ayat of the Qur'an which indicates the great understanding and perception which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Imam Nawawi rahimahullah with because he brings such an appropriate ayat which addresses this particular heading where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَخْفِضْ جَنَاحَكَ لِمَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah ta'ala commands and Allah says literal translation lower your wings what is the analogy? be humble be humble to those who follow you amongst the believers. In other words, you have a group that is following you. Allah has entrusted you with the position of leadership. So should you become authoritative? Should you start commanding? Should you, should you start taking advantage? No. What does Allah say? Waqfid janahak. Lower yourself. Humble yourself. Be kind. Be compassionate. Do not become authoritative. 
Do not take advantage of the position which Allah has given you. Those that are following you, waqfid janahat. Lower your wings, adopt humility towards them. To properly understand the analogy found in this verse of the Qur'an, those that have some familiarity with hunting of birds of prey, find that when you are hunting an animal, particularly a bird of prey, and you have cornered that animal just before the animal is about to capitulate, Allah Ta'ala has made the animal such that you will find that this bird will stretch its wings out and it will lower its head. In other words, it will submit completely at the point when it is about to capitulate and now it faces defeat completely. So referring to that, Allah Ta'ala says, وَخْفِرْ janahak." You are a leader, you are given authority, don't become arrogant, don't be proud, don't, be, don't have conceit, lower your wings, humble yourself, be compassionate towards those that are underneath you. Allah gives tawfiq swallow.